The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. to Matthew 24, and we've been there quite a bit, and I want to refer back to when the fire came into the room that early hours of March the 17th, 2020, and the Lord said to me, the end was not yet. So let me just read this to you from verse 1, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple, and he said, see, Ye not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall be thrown down. And he said upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately and said, Tell us when these things will be, and what shall be the sign of your coming, and the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, which you... You're seeing that they're trying to get a war going right now. Are you with me? And even on the internet, let me just say this, don't be phased by videos that you see where they actually reporting that the government's actually doing something, but they're actually fake videos made to try to stir up to get you to react. Don't be reactionary between now and November. Between now and November, they're going to try to get everything going here to cause a civil war. They want something so they can enact the War Powers Act and then forego the election so they don't get their butts beat in November. Because then they lose control of the House and then it's basically lame duck until he's out. Are you with me? Which basically that's what needs to happen. But you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Even with the Ukraine and Russia conflict, they're trying to suck us into a third world war. They want somebody to push a button for a nuclear explosion. But how many know that we are praying that God, that the angels of heaven are intervening and stopping all of that nonsense? So how many know the Lord's hand is on upon America? We are praying the devil can't have his way. Can you say amen? And when you hear this stuff, yeah. Somebody said, but pastor, surely let it all happen and then we can just go on to be with the Lord. That would be great, but it's not time yet. There's no time yet. There's a job of work to do. I saw how much there was a job of work to do just on that trip through Texas. I'm so glad God didn't call a bunch of lazy bums to be used of him in this final hour. He calls people that will work for him. Hallelujah. You'll hear wars, rumors and wars, see that you're not troubled. So he said, don't be troubled, no matter what you see on television. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The end is not yet, which is what the Lord said to me. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, which is what we have entered into that time. We, this is the beginning of sorrows. And then he says, they'll deliver you up to be afflicted, which I was delivered, but really wasn't afflicted. But they did deliver me up. Probably if I'd have been down in this county, I would have been afflicted, but I wasn't where I was, amen. Hey, the Lord, help me. Can you say amen? amen? When God says, go to church in a helicopter, obey. Don't be stubborn. I'm not. I'm going to ride my car. Do what he tells you to do. <laughs> he said, they'll kill you. Well, I didn't get killed. I'm, I'm still alive. Can you say Amen. And, but you'll be hated of all nations, my name's sake. And many will be offended and betray one another, which we saw that take place even when we were open and there were other churches in the city reporting us. Other mega church pastors calling in the authorities say that Howard Brown is meeting again. They're having meetings. 
people were flying drones of the property. Can you imagine you being so fixated on what another church is doing that you have to fly a drone over the church property? And they were trying to fly. I said to the guys, where are they flying? Pastor, they're trying to get to the level of the call center so they can see who's on the phones. Like they got a drone coming to spy out who's operating the call center. But we have a special spray here. It's called Drone Be Gone. <laughs> and we spray it, and then the drone goes away. Yeah. It's a very unique spray. <laughs> so many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. False prophets shall arise and deceive many. That's why I keep telling you, stop listening to some idiot prophet in his basement living with his mama. There are no part-time prophets. If anybody is worth his weight in salt, they're full-time. Anybody who has a prophetic gift who calls himself a prophet, anybody can prophesy, but they don't make you a prophet. Oh, prophet dingling. And, and, you, and, I, and they send me these videos. Prophet Dingling has just spoken. I go, I know, I've never heard of Dingling. And then I, I listen to it. I don't hear anything of God. I don't hear. I don't feel any anointing. I feel nothing on it. I go like, if he's speaking by the Holy Ghost, I don't know. There, there's nothing there. It's just blah, 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 and many words. But it's empty. The Holy Spirit doesn't need many words. As what happened in the night of the vision, the end is not yet. I'm sifting my people. I'm separating the weed from the tares, the profane from its holy, the false from its real. I'm purifying my bride. And then he spoke many words to me, but it took me months to decipher it because I was so overwhelmed by the power of God that my physical body and my brain couldn't even compute it. And even when I tried to talk about it, I couldn't speak about it because it's so holy. But that's what I've been running on for two years and five months. I was just being told this last week, you need to rest. I said, I am resting. They said, no, you're running at 7,000 RPM. Even when you're resting, you're at 7,000 RPM. So I'm supposed to rest. I don't know what to do. How, what, how do you rest at the river? So much stuff is happening, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna take a rest, yeah. What, what are you gonna do? So please pray for your pastor. Because everyone's telling me I need to rest. I don't know what, I thought I was resting. But they said you're not. But I thought I was. Anyway, because of iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold, but he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And this is what I woke up this morning. I heard it so loud in my spirit. And this gospel of the kingdom, and this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world, and then the end shall come as a witness unto the nation. So is this gospel being preached in all the world right now? No, this whole place is locked down, shut down. So between now and the time of the coming of the Lord, this gospel has to be preached in all the world. Now, what is so interesting is to get people's interpretation of what they think this gospel is. They think this gospel is like one word, like faith, grace, love, the cross, repentance. The gospel is all-inclusive. Different ones are given different aspects of the gospel because one thing that God did, well, let me say this, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ did, he never took his ministry and gave it to one person. So if there's any ministry out there that says, we're the only ones, we have everything because he gave it all to us, you're a lying devil and you know it. 
He gave everybody a piece of himself that's going to be a different expression of Jesus through you. That's why when people come around our meetings and get touched by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it enhances what they're called to do. We have a constitutional attorney traveling around America teaching people she's as anointed to do what she's doing in what she does as I'm anointed to do what I do. But she's more anointed now that she came around and the five God got on her. So the five God didn't change her to be a carbon copy of me. The five God changed her to be the best her that she could be. And the same goes for her husband and for her boy. Everybody's afraid that if you get around the anointing, you're going to look like everybody else. No, it's unique. It's unique. Can you say amen? Now, we, we, we have rare, rare accounts of an American who suddenly, for whatever reason, speaks with a South African accent. We have rare. But that's rare. But that's not bad. Are you with me? It's not bad. Everybody say, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. When you hear the testimonies, here on Sunday, what are you hearing? You're hearing the testimonies of this gospel. Because if you go back, go back to Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, and verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which resulted in healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You say, well, pastor, how do I know that what we are speaking is the gospel of the kingdom? I'll tell you how you know. I'll tell you exactly how you know. Because it will pattern right after the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Say this after me, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world and then the end shall come. Say it again. Say it one more time. How, how did it drop off like that? That's what happens. You preach the gospel, and then people go out and they mumble it. You preaching it with intensity, and they go, this gospel of the kingdom is That's why by the time it gets to the people, it's watered down. Try to do it with the same intensity. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. And then the end shall come. Say it again. Yeah, I mean, this was the whole ministry of Jesus. If you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I mean, the pages are blowing away here with these big-ass fans. But... It's like I have to have clips here to hold my Bible in place. I mean, everything's just, you know, to keep it blowing because I don't want anybody dying from the heat. But everywhere you go in the gospel, everywhere you go, what do you see? The ministry of Jesus. What do you see in manifestation? You see this gospel. This gospel. Anybody say this gospel? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. In, in, in chapter 4, in chapter 4 of Matthew, 
Verse 23, and Jesus went about all the Galilee, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all men of, of, of sickness and all men of diseases. So that's why we lay hands on people tonight. As we lay hands on people, I believe people will be healed, regardless of whether you pray for a specific need, like, you know, hey, I have this disease, I have that disease. It doesn't really matter. I've come ready to receive. The moment hands are laid upon you, then you receive from heaven. Why? That's why he said, these signs shall follow them to believe. In my name, you'll cast out devils, you'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It's not my job to heal anybody. It's his job to do what he said he would do if I obeyed what he said to obey. So that's why I love the testimony where the lady was told, look, we have nothing really to lose. I mean, you're sick now. If I pray for you and you don't get healed, what do we lose? And then when the prayer was prayed, she goes, oh, how sweet. And if it was me there, I'd say, yeah, and you sour. But don't worry, God can do something with sweet and sour. You know, I've said this before, but I mean, you can't go by how you feel. You know, I feel that today will be a good day for the gospel of the kingdom. Every day is a good day for the gospel of the kingdom. Every day. Now, you might not feel that way. Why? Because you're tired, you're jet-lagged. When I got, when we, when we landed here, what, at 3.30 in the morning, in the early hours of Friday, and had to head down to Sarasota for her to speak, I thought I'd flown internationally. I mean, we left, Sunday, we left Monday morning, we arrived, we had to be diverted because of storms, we had to then get rental vehicles and drive an hour. By the time we got through lunch and I had to meet my appointment, I mean, I'm telling you, there was hardly time to shower and get dressed. And then we had the night service. Tuesday was from 10 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon with Daystar. Rush the hotel, shower, get dressed, go to the night. Wednesday was the same. Thursday was, the, you know, the same. By the time we dragged in, I thought I, well, I didn't even know where I was. No wonder I'm standing here going, open your Bibles tonight. Because I, I know the sun's shining, but because you don't always feel optimum. How many know? There are days that not, you don't feel optimum. Who's feeling optimum today? Well, then you have to be in the anointing service tonight. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually feeling optimum today because I did, I rested. I, the whole of Friday, I just, I wouldn't budge. And yesterday, I rested. I mean, I was just like, you know, because they said, you've got to rest. They said, you're still driving through the school zone at 200 miles an hour. So, but I was thinking about it the other day. I mean, how many times has the Lord used us when we didn't feel optimum? I shared this testimony, could have been in the last six months, maybe a year, but I have on the road. But I remember when we flew to New Zealand, we flew from Tampa into LA, and then had to fly to New Zealand. Well, when you, when you leave here, you always get there, you miss a day, because you cross the date line. And we arrived early, early, early on the Tuesday morning the conference had started on the Monday night, but there was a big problem with flights, and I can't remember what went into it, but that's beside the point. The bottom line is I had an hour to shower and go to the service. So I arrive at the meeting. The place is packed, 3,000 people in the venue, and they said, man, it would be great if you would lay hands on the people. I've just flown from Tampa to Los Angeles to Auckland, New Zealand. The last thing I want to do is to lay hands on people. My head feels like it's 500 pounds. Jet lag is a terrible thing. How many have ever been jet lagged? You don't even know which side's up. So I preached, you know, I said, look, can we do it tonight? Because I wanted to go home and just crash. I said, can we do it tonight? No, to please, the people. I said, look, we're going to be at the week. I can pray tonight. No, please pray for the people this morning. 
I think people think you come from a beach in Polynesia, you know. They, I think they think you were sitting under a palm tree drinking pineapple juice and you flew in there. They don't know. You just preached, you know. At least I do. So I, I preach, I give the altar call. Hundreds of people come forward in the altar. And I start to pray and lead the people in the sinner's prayer. But as I'm leading people in the sinner's prayer, I'm actually falling asleep on my feet, which that's a very scary thing when you're ministering and you are so tired, you're actually falling asleep on your feet. Like no different than if you're driving down the road in a car and you're dozing off the same way. So I said, bow your head. So I bow my head. I should never have done I should have kept my eyes open. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And I heard my voice kind of training off, and I, and I actually thought, what in the world? Now I'm thinking, I hope I'm praying correctly. I hope that I'm not praying nonsense. So I finished the prayer, leading everybody to the Lord. It all looked good, but I thought, I hope. So I, I put my mic off, and I said to someone, did I pray okay? Was the prayer okay? Did I say anything in the prayer that I wasn't supposed to say? They said the prayer was perfect. I thought, oh, thank God. Because the worst thing would be is you've got an altar call and you're leading people, Lord, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please bless this food to my body in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, because you don't know. When you, if, you, if you fall asleep, you don't. I mean, it's a terrible thing. You're not in full control of your faculties, you know. But then I realized I was praying out of my spirit and that the, the soul winning prayer had prayed so many times that come right out of my spirit that even though I was dozing off, the right words came out and the people actually got saved and didn't pray over their food. <laughs> so now they want me to line everybody up. Well, you've got 3,000 people. That's a minimum of two hours. I could do 1,500 an hour. We timed it with a clicker and somebody's stopwatch. I could pray for 1,500 people an hour. That's lining them up going, now, filled, filled, now, in the name, in the name, receive it, receive it. Don't walk out of it. Don't walk out, just receive that. Go ahead and take it. Ushers, ushers, where are the ushers? Receive, receive, filled, filled, filled. Have another dose, have another drink. Receive that right now. Lady, just receive that. Take that there, there dear brother. Go ahead and grab a hold of that right now. Just grab it with your spirit. You can't get it with your head. Get it with your heart. Receive that right now. Fire, fire, fresh oil. Drink, new wine. Drink, 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 drunk, drink, drink. 1,500 an hour. One morning I prayed for 9,000 people. It took me five hours. When I finished praying, I couldn't speak in English because I'd just gone on the line. I did that for five hours. So I get out of the thing and just tongues come out of my mouth. So I thought, I've got to sober up for the night service. We got thousands of people are coming. And so I went to, we went to the restaurant. I said, bring me a big pot of coffee and order me those jalapeno poppers. I'm going to try to, you know, try to pull myself to be sober because I was drunk. I thought I'd get to the night service and just open my mouth and just speak in tongues. I, I didn't even know how it was going to function. You can step over. You can step over. There are realms of spirit where you step over, right out, out of the, out of the, out of the natural, into the supernatural, where people they they're gonna they'll think you're crazy. You're not crazy. You just you're just drunk. You're just high. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And as a Pentecostal, I mean a Book of Acts Pentecostal, we're not going to be ashamed of the Holy Ghost, and we're not, not really going to apologize for anything that we do. Why would we apologize? If we're going to be ministering to people that are in need, we have to be spiritually charged. We have to be spiritually charged with the gospel of the kingdom, that the gospel of the kingdom is what comes out of you. Somebody just says, I, I have a pain, before they can say anything, your hand is already slapped on them. It comes automatically. Your hand goes straight 
on them and out of your mouth goes, in the name of Jesus. This is automatic. 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 The power is there. The anointing's there. You know some little electric vehicle that has to go plug in and charge? Hello? And there's going to be a noise. There's going to be a sound that's going to be heard. Can you say amen? The gospel, this gospel. Everybody say this gospel. Say, I'm a carrier of this gospel. The good news of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been commissioned by him to go out and proclaim this gospel. This is a good news gospel. It's a good news gospel that makes you very happy. I am a carrier of this good news gospel. Hallelujah. And that's voice activated, whether I feel like it or not. And I realize there's some days I don't feel like it. But I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to obey the Lord. And I'm expecting God to do what he said he would do. Hallelujah. That you have that ability to carry this gospel and then release this gospel. Everywhere you go. Proclaim. Fire! Just like that. Anointing. Miracles. Blessing. Provision. It's all part of the gospel. He turned water into wine, taxed money from a fish's mouth, opened the eyes of the blind, raised the dead, cleansed the leper, and it goes on and on. Multiply the loaves of the fish. This gospel, go, go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, find out what this gospel is. That's the gospel that you are to carry in the 21st century. That's the gospel you are to carry in 2022. Hallelujah. This gospel. When you read the book of Acts, if you go to Acts chapter 5 and you read in the Aramaic, it said that the people knew that the power that was always coming out of Peter or the power that was always emanating from him was so strong, they just laid the sick in the streets. So that when he walked by, whatever was coming out of them would get on the sick people. What was that? Was, was Peter walking down the road going, I pray right now that everybody gets healed? No. He just walked. And as he walked, the power that was just emanating out of him was going into the people. And they were healed. What is that? That's the gospel of the kingdom. The woman with issue of blood found out when she touched the hem of his garment. Every single one of you are carriers of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's not limited to one or two or three. It's available to every single one of you, from the littlest child to the oldest saint. Well, Pastor, I don't feel like it. I don't care how you feel. Will you stop walking about how you feel? Attach yourself to the word of God that is real. It's the Word of God that will sustain you. It's the Word of God that will carry you. A thousand shall fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. It will not come nigh you. Why? Because you carry, you are carriers. Every one of you is a carrier of the gospel, this gospel. Not any gospel, this gospel of the kingdom.
this gospel of the kingdom. That's why it's not a Sunday morning thing, as we tell you. It's, it's about what you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's that, it's that flow from you every single day, wherever you go, in your business, in your sphere of influence. And you activate that. I'm pushing the church to make sure that you activate this. I want everybody activated with this. I don't, want, I don't want anybody who's just a pew warmer sitting observing other people doing it. I want every single one of you. Somebody said, yeah, but pastor, I'm not, I'm not really in the optimum place spiritually to be used of God. Who told you that? What church did you go to? Who influenced you? Which prophet did you listen to on YouTube? Which preacher were you following that told you that you were not ready? Which preacher said to you that you couldn't do it? To tell me, tell me who they are. I promise you, I probably have never heard of them. And you want to know the truth? God hasn't even heard of them. Because any man or woman of God that preaches the truth of the gospel will tell you exactly what Jesus said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the mandate for every one of you. Yeah, why don't you just jump on behalf of everybody here today? Just stand and jump for everybody. I mean, he does that even if I say nothing, he's jumping. One of the ushers pay him $10 an hour to do that just so visitors can think something's happening at the river. It's a joke. This gospel, this gospel of the kingdom is powerful. This gospel of the kingdom will transform regions, shake whole regions, shake cities, shake towns, shake villages, and shake nations. And it's the only hope for America is this gospel of the kingdom. So I decree that even in the month of September and October and November and December that many shall arise carrying the power of the gospel of this kingdom and it shall be noised abroad and shall be heard throughout the land and the whole region shall be shaken for the end is not yet and the work must be accomplished whole regions shall be shaken for I saw the hand of God clear the earth one more time for the work to be accomplished. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for the river people today that's sitting here right at the epicenter of where you spoke to me in that vision. And, Lord, they cannot but only do the things that they've seen and heard. And we thank you that it shall be thus and so and that the enemy is set back in his tracks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, okay, so I, you, I was in New Zealand. Remember where I was? Who remembers I was in New Zealand? I falling asleep in the altar call. How many remember that? Then I had to pray for the people. How many remember that? See, you thought I forgot where I was. I know exactly where I am. So we, they lined the people up. Well, the first, in the first number, 
was a lady in a wheelchair, and this guy was pushing her. I didn't know he was a pastor, and that was his wife. And so when you pray for all these people, you don't have time to stop each person. Hello, what's your name? They're nice to meet you. Where are you from? What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, then they tell you all the story. In 1934, I first fell. In 1938, then my husband hit me in the head with a baseball bat. No, so they tell you all the story because it'll take a long time. You've got to hear the whole story of every ailment, whatever. So all I do is I just end the name and go down the line because I've got all these people, 3,000 people. I'm going to pray for some. In the name, in the name. So I put my hand on the lady. I say, in the name. And she grabs my hand and tries to keep it on her head. She says, pray, pray some more. But I can't. And so, I mean, it's impossible. I mean, let me pray some more. What do you want me to do? I said, in the name. I mean, is that not sufficient? No, she wanted. Father, what's your name? Father, in the name we pray for Mary Sue, Lord, that God, that she wanted me to do this whole long prayer. But there's thousands of people there. I've got to pray for them. So, but she wants her to make it all about herself, which I understand because she's paralyzed and she's in a wheelchair. So to her, that looks like it's more important than anybody else. Meanwhile, somebody else is dying of cancer. You know what I'm saying? She can still live in a wheelchair for another 20 years, but they're dropping dead in another 12 hours. But people judge things differently. So I said, in the name of Jesus, and I kept going. Well, she got so mad, she started to cuss. Use very bad language. She's blinkety blank. She was cussing me out, and the husband was so embarrassed. He wheeled the, the <laughs> he, he flipped the wheelchair around, and he quickly moved to get her out. She's a pastor's wife cussing. And I thought about that afterwards. I said, Lord, why did she cuss? And the Lord said, well, she had to live with him. There's no telling what the poor woman had to live through, married to a preacher. No, I mean, in a religious setting, you don't know what the story was. I mean, you know, I don't think she was mad at me per se. She just, you know, she just was reactionary. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. So he wheeled her out. I'm still praying. I'm, I don't know what's happening. They go outside. They go to the car. And they didn't have, uh, you know, a, a, small, a small vehicle. I mean, he opened the door. He picked her up, put her in the passenger seat, took the wheelchair, collapsed her down, stuck it in the back. And it was hot because they don't have air conditioning. It's a, it's a temperate climate, so you don't have air conditioning there. People just open the window, close the window, and have heaters. And so she is cussing up a blue streak. I mean, foul language, blinkety blank, you know, whatever. I mean, even the preacher's wife could cuss. I think we found a lot of that during COVID. People cussed that never cussed before. They did. Preachers. Anyway, everybody's looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. He opens the door, he gets in, and she's cussing me out because I wouldn't pray for her. But they didn't have electric windows, they had winders, you know. She's paralyzed, but she begins to wind the window down while she's cussing me out. And he, he tapped her and said, Look, and she, she, now people say, well, was she instantly healed? And actually, in fact, she wasn't. From that moment, for the next 18 months, she just got better and better and better, came out the wheelchair, totally went normal in every way, no trace of the paralysis that came from a stroke. So God healed a cussing preacher's wife. Even if you're watching right now on the rerun and you're preaching, you're cussing, God can give you a miracle right there in the middle, in the middle of your language. The fire of God can come on you, knock that cigar out of your mouth and set you free from that devil that's plagued you for the longest of time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when I heard that God, and this was back in the 90s, so when I heard God healed a cussing preacher's wife, I thought, I never write anybody off. Somebody said, God ain't going to heal him. That woman's cussing up a blue streak. I'll tell you what, he's probably going to heal them. Just like the lady that got her knee healed. Oh, that's really sweet. 
I don't believe in miracles, but go ahead, knock yourself out. It was a really sweet prayer. Well, do what you couldn't do. Oh, I've never done that before. Oh, that's really sweet. If I went by how I feel or felt, and you said to me there was going to be a miracle of a woman coming out of a wheelchair today, I'd have said impossible. Impossible. And if you asked the woman, she would have said impossible. You'd be cussing me. But God steps right in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Say this off me, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. I am a carrier of this gospel of the kingdom. I've been given the great commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. To lay my hands on the sick. Jesus, the head of the church, said he would go with me. I'm not going alone. He'll watch over his word to perform it. This week, as we close out August, as we go into September, will be a week of the supernatural intervention of Almighty God as this gospel of the kingdom will flow forth from me to a lost and a dying world. Hallelujah. Now, the reason I reinforce this with you, and if you see all of the construction we're doing and all the reinforcing that's going on, why? So the balcony can be able to be held and the foot is for the atrium, so the atrium is going to stand. And there might be some people coming that they say, we already heard some of this. It's part of the reinforcing going in here so that nothing can come. When the storms come, it's not going to blow you away because you're going to bump into people who say, we don't believe in healing today. We don't believe in signs of wonder. We don't believe in tongues. If you don't have the reinforcing or, the, or the, 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 the infrastructure in you, you'll cave, you'll back down, you'll know better, but do the opposite. But when you've been reinforced, strengthened by the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you'll never back down, even if it means the end of your life. Well, don't preach that yet. I'm sorry, I can only preach the things I've seen and heard. Well, don't lay hands. You can come preach, but don't lay hands on anybody. I'm sorry, you got the wrong guy. I'm going to lay hands on everything that moves. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a lost and dying world out there. And if you're not accepted in the church, just go to the streets. Are you with me? But I say all that to say this. There are churches that are hungry. There are places that are hungry, and there are places that are thirsty. This is a very big country, and there's a lot of places even now crying out for God, crying out for a move of God, crying out for a Bible. There's people around the world crying out even now as I'm preaching, asking God, will you send a visitation? Will you send somebody my way? And I just speak it out even now. I just decree it even now. Men and women armed with the simple truth of the gospel will go into places. And as they speak, Jesus will back them up. Jesus, the head of the church, will back them up. And signs and wonders and the miraculous shall be made manifest. And the glory of God shall be seen in the land. Incubable miracles. Incurable. That which doctors have given up to die, that which doctors have said is impossible. You'll see. You'll see it. You'll see it by breakfast. You'll see it by lunch. And you'll see it by supper. Everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the very effects of pharmacale will be reversed from all those that have been pumped this system being pumped 
with everything that should have been put in this system. It shall be reversed, that even if they go look for the trace of it, it will say they haven't received any of it. It shall be done at a genetic level, at a DNA level, by the Holy Ghost! Because it's this gospel. Can you say amen? How many just sense the presence of God on you right now? That's the power, that's the presence of this gospel. It's alive. And other people are going to feel it everywhere you go. When you walk in the room, they're going to go, I felt something happen when you came in here. What's going on here? She killed the jumping spider. She said she didn't want it to bite her. Great, honey. The only hope is the power of God. The only hope is this gospel, which doesn't make sense how the modern minister thinks that this gospel is outdated and needs to be put somewhere in a back room somewhere because we don't want to offend anybody because, but Jesus would have offended everybody. Do they even understand what they're doing? How do you even hold the same Bible as me and then stand there and try to justify why there is no power of this gospel and then try to say that that passed away when it's evident that it's not because the testimonies that are coming from 72 sessions of the healing school and all the testimonies that are coming just from the people here at the river of God's miraculous power that's intervened in their life, how you were saved and delivered off of drugs, alcohol, from witchcraft, from everything under the sun, how God delivered you from cancer and arthritis and everything in between. What, they don't believe it? They think we're all making this stuff up? No, let every man be a liar, but God's word be true. Let me tell you right now, we're not looking to be accepted with anybody. We're already accepted by him. We're already accepted by the head of the church. And let me tell you, just like Stephen, who did great miracles and wonders among the people and was stoned for it, they, they killed him. Jesus stood up. He was seated at the right hand of the Father. He stood up. When Stephen stood up for him, he stood up for him. And when you stand up, he will stand up for you. And that's what's going to shake America in this hour, another great spiritual awakening. It is the power of God, and it is unlimited. It is not limited. It is without limits. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will not be the ones that talk about the days of old. You will not be the ones that will refer back to the revivals of the 17 and the 1800s. You'll be the ones that are walking in it today, that are seeing it today. Are you with me? Those people would have given anything to have lived in this hour. Those people couldn't reach out by the television around the world. Even in people's homes right now, as the power of God is falling, as I'm speaking, 200 years ago, they couldn't even do this, but we're doing it because Jesus said, these works shall you do and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. When you see the power of God that is being unleashed upon America that will lock down whole regions, whole counties, whole cities will shake that the enemy will not be able to function while he's planning to do his wickedness. The Holy Ghost says, no, you can't do that just yet. And the next thing, there they come. There they come, children and youth and seniors and everything in between. There they come. There they come. On their mouth is the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the Lord says, if you obey, I'll take care of you. I'll look after you. Don't worry about a thing. 
You'll never lack. I'll look after you. You're my child, and I'll watch over you. I'll protect you. It'll be okay. You, won't, you don't need to fear. Don't need to worry. No matter what you hear on the news, don't need to be afraid. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I want everybody right now just to close your eyes, if you would, please. Tonight, I believe, will be a special night of impartation and I just refer to back to what I saw this last week, individuals that said to me, we've been prayed for hundreds of times, we never felt the fire of God, but tonight we felt it for the very first time. I had people say to me, I've had everybody who's anybody lay hands on me felt nothing. But tonight, the power of God slammed me three times under the anointing. Never fell under the power, never. Tonight, I believe people will be touched for the very first time. I can't get hungry for you. I can't get thirsty for you. You have to get hungry for yourself and receive what the Lord has. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this field, if you've come into this place and you fit in any one of these three categories, I'm praying with you and for you. Maybe you walked in here. Today, you said, I'm not a child of God. I'm not born again, but I want to be born again. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. Friend, what would happen if today was your last day on the earth and you went home and put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, you just went home to be with him? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sin is plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stain. Today, all the guilt of shame and shame of sin will be removed from your life. If you've been busy with God, God means busy with you. Would you say, yes, Lord? It's about surrender. Secondly, maybe you came here today. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've just been going through the motion, but today I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. I want to, I want to be on fire. I want to walk in the reality of this gospel of the kingdom. Maybe something hidden that no one could see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things. But you say, I want it gone. Today is a day of a new beginning. Will you surrender to him now? Maybe you've come here, you say, Pastor, it's not hidden, it's outward. Everybody knows about what's happened to me, and they know I'll never amount to anything in the kingdom. That's a lie from hell. God is a God of a second chance and a new beginning. Will you surrender to him afresh and say, yes, Lord? Maybe you're here and you love the Lord, and you say, I was going along doing great, but out of the blue, this thing just came and hit me like a Mack truck from hell. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today, I'm coming home. Today, I'm going to surrender afresh to him. I don't want religion. I want a relationship. Will you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord? And maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I love the Lord. I love him with all my heart. But I don't have the assurance that I'm a child of God and I want to have that assurance today. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If this is you and you fit in any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Remember, when we look at people, we look on the outside. God never looks on the outside, looks on the heart. And we either, one of three temperatures, hot, lukewarm, or cold, 
And I want you to know this is not the hour to be lukewarm. This is the hour to be hot, on fire, radical for God. Will you make that decision today if you would? If you fit in any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you right now. Put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Jesus right now. Hands are going up across the field. Just raise them high and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You may put your hands down, please. The others that are here that you did not raise your hand, I want you to look at me, please, across this field. You didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer. I'm going to pray right now. Quickly, put your hand up and say, include me. Include me. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I'm going to ask every one of you that raised your hand, if you would stand to your feet, please stand. We're going to pray together. Everyone that raised your hand, stand, stand, stand. Don't wait on anybody else. Stand. Stand. Stand right now. Stand right now. I want you to bring the person belongings and come from where you want. Come stand here. We're going to pray together. Come. Ushers, if you'd help them. Come, please. Come. To follow Jesus. I have decided Turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Some people want to kneel, others standing. It, it, it doesn't really matter. You stand or kneel. It's your heart. It's the surrender of your heart to Him. When you say, Yes, Lord, today's my day. And I'm not leaving this place the same way I came. Maybe you're watching in your homes right now and God's speaking to you. You can stand right where you are. Or maybe just get off your seat and kneel where you are in your living room. I want all of you that are here, if you would please, look at me for a moment, please. We're going to pray. You can stand. We're going to pray a simple prayer. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. And the prayer that I say, I always tell people, one prayer fits all. Because people say, well, I'm, I'm coming for the first time. I'm coming to recommit my life. I'm coming to make sure. It doesn't matter. Like one size fits all, one prayer fits all. If you mean busy with him, he means busy with you. So we're going to pray. You in your homes, I want you to pray with me. Just close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this together with me right now. Say, Father, I come to you. In the precious name of your son, Jesus, Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. 
Put it in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. And now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. And we thank you for it. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.